Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Thank you so much for joining us. So picture a folksy cross-stitch pillow with an adage like, he only hurts you because he likes you, boys will be boys, or she just has resting bitch face. These phrases are shockingly common even in the era of Me Too. What's worse, like cross-stitch pillows, we pass them down and we train other women to follow the same harmful patterns. Jess Tomlin, the president and CEO of The Match International Women's Fund, is going to tell us about their new Resting Stitch Face campaign, which plays with the subversive cross-stitch patterns to fight oppression, and it all starts with language. Adopted as a baby, Cheryl Torrance left home at the age of 15. She spent many, many years living on the streets of downtown Toronto, in and out of shelters and group homes. Today, she's a self-proclaimed happiness hero mm-hmm. and the general manager of Torque Ride. And she's going to be here to tell us more about her inspirational story. And we love her mantra. It's keep smiling, keep dancing, be awesome. Yeah, I don't know if people saw me dance. It might no. not be so awesome, but <laughs> she's great. <laughs> Musicologist Eric Alper is going to talk about the five most influential moguls in pop history. And we'll hear all um, about our travel expert. Candace Derrick's amazing adventures in Cabo San Lucas. It's more than just tequila. Yes, it is. Plus a chat about preventing bullying with the founder and creative director of Girl Talk Empowerment, Katie Zepieri. And performing in our live studio sessions today, we have Toronto R&B artist, who only Kate could pronounce right, Junior. Junior. It's J-N-Y-R, but it's Junior. 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 You've got to do that license plate game, you know, when you read yeah, yeah. the license plates. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. Our handle everywhere is at What She Said Talk. And you can download our Apple podcast, listen on the go. It's free. All the links are at whatshesaidtalk.com. And don't forget our Facebook Live every Wednesday. We kind of call it the What She Said Warm Up. It's a great way to find out who's coming up on the show. And you can win our weekly swag bag, which is loaded with gifts from. From our generous guests. What she said will be right back here on 1059 The Region, so don't go anywhere. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. York Region, this is your radio station, 1059 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley. With Me Too and Time's Up, women from all walks of life are sharing their experiences of being mistreated, abused, objectified. Joining us now is Jess Tomlin, the president and CEO of the Match International Women's Fund, whose new campaign, hashtag resting stitch face, plays with subversive cross-stitch 
patterns to fight oppression, starting with language. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you. It's great to be back. So tell us more about this resting stitch face campaign. You know, so um, maybe I'll start quickly by uh, where we come from as the okay. Match International Women's Fund. So what we do is we invest in women's movements around the world, from South Sudan to Kenya to India mm-hmm. uh, to Georgia. Um, and we really invest in the women's movements who are driving political uh, systems change at the grassroots. And this Me Too moment, you're very right, is absolutely inspiring. I fundamentally believe we're at a tipping point for women's rights in Canada and around the world. And so we've been thinking a lot about um, what's, what's it really going to take to get to that boiling point and fundamentally shift the conversation. And what we do in our work is that we look at a lot of the things that are much more deep-rooted, the norms, the attitudes, the behaviors, the cultures, the assumptions that are perpetuated over time that really harm women and hold them back. Um, And what we're noticing here in Canada is that same thing applies. And so I have a little story that I'll tell you briefly that I think gives you a sense of where this campaign comes from comes from. I am a feminist, have been working in the women's rights space around the world for the last 20 years, and I have an eight-year-old daughter. This summer, my eight-year-old daughter, Sophia, was complaining about a boy at school who was picking on her. And, um, you know, she was like, he bullies me, he bugs me, he pushes me down. And she's been, you know, she had been coming to, to me with this a few times. And before I could even stop myself, I said, oh, he probably likes you. <gasps> Me. You said that. You know, know. me. And I, I, right? I, that's it. And like I he just. He punches you in the arm. That's because he's got a crush on you. And it was this awakening moment for me, in spite of all the education and all of the travel and all of the work I do every single day to fight women's rights, that there are these deeply held assumptions and beliefs. And once we get to that and start to reveal that, is when I really think we're going to shift the dial. So, what did you say to your daughter when you realized what you'd said? Well, once I got over my own shock, I was like, you get back down here. You get back down here. You know, the way a boy shows you he likes you is not by hurting you, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And it's your job to say no. And it's your job to, you know, to start a new conversation. And, and, and it got me thinking about all these little girls who have been told that it's okay for boys to show them affection or show them that they care by being violent. And I think that that's how we see, we're seeing some of this perpetuate in our everyday lives, given the violence statistics. So, but really, you didn't say anything wrong. You just stopped short of saying what should have followed, which is, he probably likes you. He doesn't yet understand that when you like somebody, this is not the way to express it. This right? is from the mother of twin boys. Twin boys. And trust me, I interceded a lot in terms of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they they learn it in the schoolyard, and I was not going to have any of that, right? No, absolutely. But it's it's norms and attitudes and behaviors, right? There's a yes. whole school out there, exactly. right, in society that teaches boys they can. And I'm and just wondering whether it's not the boy moms that have the work. Boy moms mm-hmm. have a lot of work instead of the absolutely. girl moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I felt that I had to 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 set them right in behaviors that I didn't find acceptable or reactions that just came naturally from, again, mimicking what's around. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. So, okay, so so much of the mar- marginalization, as you were saying, is rooted in the language and the narrative. So how do we change something that is so ingrained? 
Well, you know, it's one of these things, like, for me, it's you can't unsee things, mm-hmm. right? And you can't unlearn things. And for me, that's I'm excited because I actually think getting to this stage is really sophisticated. We are kind of really getting to the nuts and bolts of what needs to fundamentally shift within our culture in order for things to, to, to move, move forward. Um, and I think we need to recognize that these traditions and assumptions get passed on through generations from women and from men. Right. So we um, at the office had this really interesting exercise when we decided that this is what we were going to do. I have a team of women who come from everywhere, from the Gambia to Kenya to Egypt to Sri Lanka. And we all started to populate ideas around the kinds of things we heard at the kitchen table and the kind Mm -hmm. of beliefs that were shared. And and there were hundreds of pieces. There were hundreds of bits and pieces on that on that list. And what was exciting, I think, was um, the revelation was, oh, you know, it's locker room talk or Mm -hmm. boys Boys will will be boys boys. or, you know, or would it kill you to smile or, you know, why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? Oh, that's what my mom used to say. Right. And it's just it, it. I think that pause that it creates to think about, oh, you know what? I have never questioned that for the last X number of years. And suddenly that doesn't sound right anymore. Yeah, it doesn't sound right anymore. So but it's hard because, I mean, some things I think like we were talking about the resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't particularly find that that offensive because I think it's true as Amy Schumer says how come mm-hmm. I always look like I have resting bitch face and Jennifer Lawrence when we're photographed always looks perfect it's just because that is it's sort of a look but is it the word bitch that is offensive yeah I think it's the assumption that you know it, it kind of ties into that would it kill you to smile yeah. or you'd be pretty you'd be so pretty if you put some work into it or right. these types of things it's yeah. like the societal expectation exactly. that women are smiling and ready to be talked to and all of that stuff so now the Match Fund is Canada's only global women's fund supporting innovations led by women, girls, and trans people at the grassroots level, right? Yeah. Um, so tell us about one of the ones that uh, I like is Blandine, tell a millennial who designed an app to save the lives of mothers and babies in her home country. Yeah, one of the things that we do um, is we try to, it's, you know, I, we try to dispel the myth that that innovation is only through the use of technology. Right. But there are many young women, particularly in very marginalized parts of the world, um, from Malawi to Kenya to Egypt, who are using um, technologies to adapt. So Landine is a particular case um, from Malawi, uh, I believe, who... who, Rwanda. uh, Oh, this is yes. Rwanda. There's there. We also work with the Blandine in in Malawi, but she um, she's, she comes from a very underprivileged circumstance, and she started to acknowledge that women and, and girls and and moms and babies were not getting the services that they needed. So started to connect them with health providers, and we are doing very similar things. For example, in Egypt, where we're supporting an organization where they young women have developed a geomapping technology to help women identify where rape and harassment is happening in the streets of Egypt. Wow. So how can we help others to have their voice heard through the grassroots organizations that the Match Fund supports? Well, I think what the Me Too movement shows us, and I think we need to remember this, that this just didn't come out of a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. That um, the, the moment that we're in, which I fundamentally believe we'll be reading about in history books in 30 years. I think this is our 60s moment. Um, and it isn't, it isn't just out of nowhere that this has been the long-standing marathon 
that activists around the world have been running for decades to get us to this point, mm -hmm. challenging systems, laws, you know, behaviors, fundamentally trying to challenge the status quo, holding ground and protecting hard-won gains, as well as trying to break new ground. And I think that we need to showcase the work that's been happening in this, on, on the sidelines um, and acknowledge mm -hmm. that the work of grassroots women's movements, um, feminists, uh, and from all walks of life are the ones that have really got us to this point, um, which is really, really exciting. And one thing I would say is the reason that we do what we do is because of the average annual budget of a women's rights organization outside of Canada is 20,000 US dollars a year. So if we acknowledge that they are at the precipice of shifting the gender equality mm -hmm. paradigm, mm -hmm. then imagine what we could do if they were properly supported. Where can people go to learn more? Well, for us, it's matchinternational.org. Okay. Um, and there you can see a whole list of all the partners we support around the world and the work we're trying to do. All right. That's wonderful. And the, and the hashtag resting... Stitch, Stitch face. face. <laughs> we'll be out there if you want to have some things. And, and you know, watch, watch what you say. I put my foot in my mouth with my girls um, plenty of times when they were growing up. They called me on it. They, they called me on it a lot and said, nope, wrong thinking. Awesome. Yeah, update yourself. Yeah. Well, Jess Tolman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. This is What She Said on 105.9, and we'll be right back after this short break. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. 105.9 The Region, growing with you and your family. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Kate Wheeler. Our next guest is in studio with us today to tell us about an inspiring event that took place in Toronto last Thursday called East Love, which celebrated women and resiliency on International Women's Day. Welcome, Cheryl Torrance, to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, we know that you have a personal story mm -hmm. of strength and resilience, and you shared that story on Thursday night. Will you share it with us now? Sure. I was invited to talk about resilience and fortunate enough in my life to battle stuff like everybody does day in and day out. Um, I was an adopted kid and I was uh, placed in a, 
um, with a family in the beach. And unfortunately, things didn't work out. And I was 15. And I ended up living on the street for about six and a half years in and out of group homes and shelters and living on the streets. And I'm a recovering drug addict. Um, and there has been many times in my life when the chips were down and I needed to dial in and be resourceful and dig into my resiliency. So at the East Love event, I was able to share that story about, you know, times of despair and when uh, you didn't feel like you knew what you were doing and you were lost, that um, I was able to find a place where I could lift my head up and breathe and set my feet right and kind of launch back into life. And you're doing okay now? I'm doing great. I'm you old look now. Great. I'm you're old, old now. Yeah. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> but but um, you're now the, the general manager of Torque Ride? Yep. So Torque is an indoor spin studio located mm-hmm. in Leslieville. It's the hub of the community there. Um, I spent about 20 years as a chef. Really? In, a ver- in various capacities. And um, although it's wonderful to work with food, um, it's a very grinding yeah job I know um and I actually made the decision about a year ago to go and work for Julie full-time I was kind of working for her uh Torque is my riding studio it's what Mm -hmm. I do for fitness and why not work in one of the happiest places in the in Toronto um I just needed a new spin on life. I needed something. A new spin? Yeah. Yeah. New spin. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, and I just wanted to come to a place where I felt happy to go to. It wasn't grinding me into the pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I'm proclaimed the happiness hero. Aww. I definitely uh, bring some sunshine into that place. Um, the ridership is very important to me, and it it is like family. People come there. It's an experience. They, they love to, to be part of that community. Well, your happiness videos are, you, you share these just, just to make people happy. Absolutely. You got it every day. I dance. <laughs> I, sometimes I sing. Sometimes it's just motivational and inspirational. Sometimes it's personal. Um, you know, it's just got a human touch to it, which I think mm-hmm. we kind of need. It's authentic, right? Absolutely. That's what they say. Particularly That's about right. social media, you got to be authentic. Yep. And, yep. And, Not and, curated. It's yeah. real. It's raw. Yeah, and there and there you go. So, how did you come um, to come together to be part of the East Love event? Well, how because because I work for Julie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie approached me, and there's a woman Phyllis that she's acquainted with, and Phyllis has really spearheaded um, being part of the women's community and talking about um, shelter and the need for places to assist women when they run into some kind of difficulty. Now, Phyllis ran into some kind of difficulty. She did. She was attacked by the father of her children. I'm not, I can't remember the total specifics, um, but yes, there was some violence. mm -hmm. And so her, her movement right now is about, um, making women safe and mm-hmm. making women the priority. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing that East Love happened on International Women's Day because it's about uh, women coming together and the positive positivity that we can bring out of one another. Well, speaking of that, do you, what kind of feedback do you get for, for your positivity? I get tons of feedback. I get feedback from 
literally all over the world. I did a fundraiser back in the fall, and I had donations for it for the Heart and Stroke Foundation from London, England. And that's just about my positivity message, that somebody made a donation that I've never met just based on what I bring through social media, using that medium. Mm-hmm. And they gave money to me to support me. Do you connect with homeless youth? Uh, I talk about homeless youth. I'm actually just right now doing my own fundraiser on March 20th. It's International Day of Happiness. And um, because I'm dubbed the happiness hero, Mm -hmm. I will be giving out hugs, $2 hugs, $2, you put it in the pot, I give you a hug, and all of the money raised goes to um, a charity that works with homeless youth. So I do stuff like that. I definitely talk about it. I'm very open about it. I'm not embarrassed about it. I actually, um, I'm pretty highly regarded in terms of my realness and my rawness. And people are always um, in awe of my profoundness. So I feel really proud that even though it was a dark time in my life, that I had that happen to me. But you came out of it with such insight and, 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 you really took a lemon and made lemonade. Absolutely, but it's how you—it's how you choose to deal with things. Um, so what? So what do you hope that people took away from the event? Well, the message—the the event is around resilience, and so East Love is about a community action. Mm-hmm. So in Leslieville, we really feel like the attitude of "not in my backyard" doesn't fit. It is in our backyard. Mm-hmm. These are our people. And we want to look after them in Leslieville. So the Red Door Shelter is part of our community. It is serving a purpose, and we want to fully support that. The stories were about connecting and letting people know that everybody has a a story of resiliency Mm -hmm. and that there are small resilient stories and large ones and that we all are champions of it. Well, Leslieville is... is has changed so much. I mean, it's certainly, you know, an, an, an up and coming, if not already arrived area. Um, and it's that this, there is a sense of connection and, and community. And that seems to be seems to be growing. Well, for East Love, we were really fortunate. And when we proposed this idea, um, a gym up the street from us, Move Fitness, they were like, we're on board with you, we'll help you do. And then this outpouring of community support, uh, was just unbelievable. We sold out in five days with barely any advertisement. 300 people. We're already talking about next year and how we're going to upgrade this event because it was just, it completely told the story of how invested Leslieville is in Mm -hmm. our community. It was Mm -hmm. just amazing. So are you hoping that this will sort of multiply in Mm -hmm. other communities? I think it could. I think there's no reason why it shouldn't. And I think some people could pay attention to the message that Leslieville has given, which is you have to look after your own. It's So if you could share one message to all the women listening today, just one. Mm, I think what I would say is you just have to reach out and you have to extend a hand and a smile and your heart. And when you spend a few minutes to get to know somebody that that is so powerful and that you can totally tap in and take that strength and do so much with it. Wake up happy. Wake up happy. Now, uh, we've got a list of, of 
where you can go for more information. But first of all, what's, what, how do people follow you? Well, you can find me Chef Inked on Instagram. Chef Inked. I-N-K-E-D. Okay. Or you can find me at CherylTorrance.ca. Okay. And my hashtags are keep smiling, keep dancing, and be awesome. <laughs> okay. And for East Love, for information about East Love, that's you can go to EastLove.ca. That's right. And if you want to make a donation to the Red Door Family Shelter, it's RedDoorShelter. You got it. Dot .ca. You got it. Um you're, you're so inspiring. Thank I'm you. glad everything, you know, everything worked out. Because, I mean, you don't look old now. <laughs> you say you're old now. But, I mean, 15 to 21, you were on the streets? Yep. Yep. Yeah? Yep. So what was the turning point there? What got you off? Uh, I had some really amazing people in that journey who were at street services that always stayed in contact, no matter whether I dropped off the face of the earth and came mm. back two months later for air that they always just kind of waited in the wings for that opportunity when I kind of held up that white flag when I had exhausted myself. You know, it takes a lot to be a really great drug addict and be be homeless. (laughs) It's not an easy Easy thing thing, to do. And so eventually I tired right out. And there was some lovely people who just waited for me and they came and rescued me when I needed rescuing. Cheryl Torrance, um, thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for having me today. This is What She Said. If you are just tuning in and missed part of this interview, you can go to whatshesaidtalk.com where you can find full episodes, videos, and more. And we will be right back here on 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Do your research. Too many people go into the gym without adequate knowledge with regards to form. Many begin their journey without a plan either. Consider this. Would you begin a road trip with no GPS? Why do the same with your fitness journey? It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you don't have the time to do the research on your own, consult the experts. At Turf Athletic Club, not only do we offer personal training, we also offer free fitness guidance and counseling as part of the membership. Come see us at 31 Javelin Drive in Vaughan. Turf Athletic Club can help you become the best version of yourself. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley. Now joining us for On the Record is our musicologist, Eric Alper. And today we're talking about the five most influential moguls in pop history. Are you one of them? I am one of them. <laughs> that, I wish you to change it to six. You okay. know, because okay. like Hillary Clinton said, I, mean, I don't think she was the first one. It does take a village 
to create a pop band. I think she actually said that. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not just about the artists. It's about the team that you build. And without having a strong manager or that champion at the record label, you won't get very far. And that was the Beatles, who was managed by Brian Epstein. But Brian Epstein didn't have a million followers on Twitter. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um, but, you know... He didn't also discover the Beatles. Um, I discovered the Beatles when I was seven, but it was 10 years after they broke up. Um, but Brian wasn't really known for his business practices. He was mm-hmm. mostly known as an ideas man. But, um, you know, before he came along, there wasn't a manager who was able to bring a band from nothing to worldwide dominance. Colonel Tom Parker was able to do it with one artist in Elvis. But after that, the music manager became so important and if you ever wanted proof of Brian's importance to the band after he passed away suddenly um, at an early age at the age of 32 the Beatles affairs were just a mess in terms of money in terms of direction and in terms of power and took them a couple of years to get back on track which ultimately they split up didn't he also manage Scylla Black yeah and also Jerry and the Pacemakers too at the same time Okay, and we heard it through the grapevine. That Barry Gordy was a pretty influential manager. Not only was he a manager, but he excelled in so many aspects of the music industry, including songwriting, production, A&R, management, PR. At one time, his Motown record label was the largest African-American-owned business in the U.S. And that just shows you that he wasn't just about the music. He was about the power and the money that came along with being successful in the entertainment industry. Led Zeppelin was managed by a thug, pretty much bar none. His name was Peter Grant, and he was the size of a wrestler. He was so imposing that he scared people that were in his presence. But it's a good thing that he fought for the band because he never ripped off Led Zeppelin. In fact, one of the biggest things that he did to change the music industry was before the bands would receive 30% of the door at concerts and the promoter would get 70% of all the money from the ticket sales. Peter Grant put a stop to that and gave Led Zeppelin 90% of the door, 90% of the ticket sales that the artist was making forevermore that changed the way that the music industry operated. And now bands still to this day get a 90-10 split from promoters. Hmm, Wow. That we have a lot to thank him for. Yeah. And speaking of earning a little respect, I mean, Clive Davis, that's just a name 
that is as I think as well known as as Epstein. Uh, absolutely, for sure. It's hard to imagine pop music mm-hmm. today without Winnie Houston, Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys, Aretha Franklin, Aerosmith, Springsteen. Clive Davis was responsible for signing and finding the right songs to put with all of those artists. And certainly, his biggest success actually came with starting a record label called Bad Boy Records with Sean Combs, who was Puffy. And Puff Daddy, who ended up being one of of America's most wealthiest entertainers in history. Ladies, and when you come inside and to the front, you do the freak bank and do the bump. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point with Trenton's trio, or when the serious joiner from sun to sun and from day to day. Okay, a woman has appeared. A woman mm-hmm. has appeared. Just, just like the Oscars, four directors and one woman. <laughs> um, Sylvia Robertson absolutely needs to be on this list. Not only did she start um, one of the earliest rap labels called Sugar Hill Records, but she had a lot of success starting off in 1979 with Rapper's Delight, a song that she helped find by a group by the Sugar Hill Gang that she founded. Also, she actually found a group called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and they started with a song called The Message back in 1982, which is one of the most influential rap songs still to this day. It influenced Public Enemy, it influenced NWA, Kendrick Lamar. Whenever you talk about politics and rap music it all started with sylvia robertson and the sugar hill records again we find out things we never knew before yep that's true thanks if the segment was longer i would be number six (laughs) thank you i'm talking a long Um, segment segment. yeah (laughs) just one all for you (laughs) all for me next week next five things you didn't know about eric alper me (laughs) thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Hello, listeners. It's a beautiful day. We are here at the community center where they're holding a car wash for our local street gang. We're raising money to help support drug dealers, money launderers, and murderers. So today's the day. Come on down, get your ride shined up. If you're too busy for a wash, that's okay. You can still help the cause by purchasing some contraband cigarettes. Profits from contraband cigarettes support organized crime. Stop the violence and call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Remember, you stay anonymous, criminals don't. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. listening to what she said and i'm kate wheeler joining us now is our travel expert candace derricks who we've been missing and she's here to talk all about her amazing adventures in cabo san lucas welcome yes. home hi how are you i've missed you guys it's been a while oh sure <laughs> she hasn't really no. missed us look at that nice tan uh, i did a nice did. tan she I has i thought of you a lot uh, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Okay, tell us all about it. Okay, so Cabo San Lucas absolutely um, totally caught me off guard. I really had, you know how you have preconceptions about places? I really thought it was one of these places that was just for, you know, um, sort of hippies and movie stars. I really just didn't know what to expect when we got there. And it blew my mind just by the amount of uh, things we could do. For example, how many once-in-a-lifetime experiences you can have in a week, of which we had several. 
uh, like jumping in the water with whale sharks. Mm-hmm. Saw that. Yeah, amazing, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, which was, you know, they're these very huge gentle giants. They're mm-hmm. vegans. They actually don't eat meat, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but when you jump in the water with them, I, it was funny because I jumped in and getting my bearings, you know, when you're coming up and I look and there's this giant mouth coming for me and I lost all reason. And I literally grabbed my husband's fins, pulled him back and was climbing over him and pushing him in front of the mouth of the whale. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So so we've agreed that maybe swimming with things with teeth is not a good idea. (laughs) We also know the sacrifice order, right? It's not good for your relationship either. (laughs) Is that why after that experience, I saw a a picture of you at the world's tiniest bar? (laughs) (laughs) that's fun by the way that little that bar so that's that's in Cabo San Lucas I won't spend too much time on it but yes the only thing they had there was tequila (laughs) straight up no mix lime and salt and uh, beer and it was real that was fun uh so and then we did uh swimming with sea lions there which was also um incredible Mm -hmm. uh we did this an atv outback tour uh so it takes you through the outback of mexico baja and then you go and you actually drive along the beach so that's incredible and then one day uh my husband actually um was done he was i apparently dragged him around too much he's like i'm finished i just want to sit at the resort so i went out and i did a tour by myself (laughs) and i went out and did what's called the conexican Connexican. Connexican. Okay. So it's um, actually a tour that's run only for Canadians in mm-hmm. um, Cabo. So they go out on a boat together with a bunch of your uh, um, Canadian countrymen. Yeah. And you have some fun. It's tequila and uh, There's a lot of tequila Mexican involved food. in yeah, Candace's de- travel experience. Well, you know, <laughs> she I said like, that like six times. I like in the last to do minute. as the locals, right? I mean, you have to, when in, when in Cabo, it's tequila. Right? Okay. Okay. Right. So I that's your story. To, that, I'm sticking. Exactly. Yep, I can see that. So we went out on this tour, and they have uh, they do a salsa making class on the boat, which was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, they cook up fresh fish tacos right in front of you, and uh, and then of course you go out and you do the archway of Cabo San Lucas, that famous archway, and then you can do some jumping off the boat and some um, paddleboarding and snorkeling. So that really, um, Cabo is just this uh, amazing destination for all those things on the water for people who love to be out mm-hmm. and doing that. So for us, that was huge. And then another thing I really was um, really quite surprised with was how um, safe it was. I, I never at any time That's felt unsafe. Mm-hmm. And we walked around a lot. We actually took public transportation. Uh, we got on the bus and went into Cabo because we were in Cabo, um, San Jose del Cabo, which is a little bit away from Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. And we would just walk up and get the bus and go in. Is this a place people go to retire to? So what I'm saying is if you went, would yes. you run into other Canadians There or were Americans so many people Europeans down there. Or- so we went down with uh, Sunwing Vacations and we stayed um, at the Royal Solaris. And I, I would love to tell you about that resort, but we didn't spend a lot of time there. Only because my husband and I just, we booked an excursion every day. Because we just this was just that destination for us. It was we wanted to do all those things outside mm-hmm. of the resort. But the resort was lovely, uh, and then there were a lot of places as well where there was a lot of snowbirds. For sure, a lot of snowbirds, um, yeah. particularly from um, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were um, a lot of Canadians down there as well. So yeah, just a really nice destination. Uh, 
very safe walking around, yeah. great restaurants, uh, really just amazing. And Cabo San Lucas itself is a lot of fun just to go in. Uh, we just spent a day just sort of touring around the s- smallest bar, as you saw in my picture, mm-hmm. and uh, just, you know, started doing that and the, and the restaurants there. So it was, it was an amazing trip, and we can't wait to get back and actually explore more uh, because there was so much that we didn't do. Really? Yes. Oh. So this is a second or third or fourth or tenth stop kind of spot. Uh, I, I, uh, we want to go back next winter for sure. So like, where can people go to learn more about Cabo San Lucas? Well, I have three articles up on Life in Pleasantville right now, sort of what you should know before you go, okay. uh, sort of the adventure excursions, and then, of course, one all about the Connexican because, uh, you know, Canadians just automatically bond for some reason over tequila and fish tacos. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Uh, and then obviously for your, you know, we flew down with Sunwing. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, uh, and then stayed at a Sunwing resort. So it was great. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So that's all up at lifeinpleasantville.com. Yes. yes. Candace Derricks, thank you for coming in today. And you're listening to What She Said. You can find us on social media at What She Said Talk. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. The Spark of Markham. CFMS 105.9. The Region. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley, and joining us now is the founder and creative director of Girl Talk Empowerment and a friend of the show, Katie Zapieri. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks for having me. How have you been? Very well, thanks. Now, first of all, for people who may not know, tell us what Girl Talk does. So Girl Talk's an organization seeking to support girls ages 11 to 18, and uh, we we create a number of programs in schools. We also run a really big one-day empowerment event in Toronto each year, coming up on June 6th. Um, Really, we're about self-esteem, body image, leadership. Uh, we also have a huge mental health component to what we do, mm-hmm. wanting to break down some of the barriers uh, getting in the way of, of young girls, distracting them from reaching their full potential and helping them see and set goals for themselves. Let's stop there. Distracting them. What distracts young girls? Oh, my goodness. I just being out in school environment today is a whole new ball game, even from when I was growing up, just even witnessing the the technology distraction for young people. I think like mm-hmm. we're spending more and more time on our phones, um, isolated in our in our own worlds. And I think that's a little bit of a worry, especially when we're talking about things like bullying and labels, because before when you were younger and you got teased at school, you kind of had your label. Um, you could go home and shut it off. But mm-hmm. nowadays, you're kind of that label 24-7 because you go online, people mm-hmm. still think of you in that light. Um, oftentimes, we're seeing a lot of negative comments under videos and pictures. 
it can create this idea that what a handful of people think about you is what the whole world thinks about you. And that can be a little bit dangerous for young people. Absolutely. Now, last week, uh, you, along with Elijah Woods, Jamie Fine, and Logan Stats from the launch, got together for a pretty special event. Tell us all about it. So, Pink Shirt Day, we were... Wearing pink? Were you guys wearing pink? Yeah, we absolutely. were wearing pink. <laughs> Different shades of pink, but pink. <laughs> and that's your theme color here. So uh, yeah. lots of pink to go around, which is awesome. And uh, that event's amazing. Um, we we held a concert at Von Mills Shopping Center. We brought together, together some of these performers from CTV's The Launch. We brought in a YouTuber, Jackie Wires. It was really about getting the audience excited to talk about how we can be kind. And that's why the campaign was called Fashionably Kind. You know, styles change bell bottoms were in and then they weren't and then they were in again but um, what never goes out of style mom jeans are back which is a bit of a worry (laughs) they are they're in they're in (laughs) should have saved all those parents Um, but uh, but now uh, being kind is something that's always in style and that's really what we wanted to promote with the event now you gained your passion for speaking out after both witnessing and experiencing many forms of bullying which I think all of us did way back when, when it was okay. So tell us what you went through. Yeah, um, you know what, growing up and, and you look around you and you think everybody's got a struggle. And I think the moment that you realize that everybody's struggling with something um, is a really powerful moment. So for me, uh, you know, I have an eye disorder. Um, my left eye doesn't fully turn out. It makes me look cross-eyed if I were to make a dramatic turn mm-hmm. to the left. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of health problems growing up as a child. I have a lot of, I had a lot of surgeries, scars on my back, especially, you know, changing in the change rooms, people would make comments. Um, those were some of the like surface level stuff. But I think even just trying to fit in (laughs) and trying to find your place can be extremely challenging for all people. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when you sort of realize that, you know, two ways to go about surviving high school. One, you can be the kind of person who wants to put other people down. And that's sort of your way of trying to find your social place. The other way is, well, let's actually change this. Let's actually focus on how can I give somebody a compliment? How can I help somebody else out? How can I lift somebody up? How can Um, I be inclusive? Be inclusive and make people feel happy and welcome to be coming to school every day. Why is now the time to be promoting positivity and fight bullying? I mean, it's always the time. But why do you think now is so critical? I think the timing today uh, is more important than ever before because, like I said, there is no off button for bullying mm-hmm. anymore. It is something that lingers and lasts and expands the classroom boundaries. It's things that are on young people's minds at all times. And um, we're now recognizing the negative mental health implications from bullying, anxiety and depression on the rise in our young people. Um, we're also seeing that even Never in mind the cases, impact of social media. Social, Because exactly. you could be bullied to the whole world. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it feels. And, you know, even with my work with girls, I've, talk, I've talked to several girls before who have had some awful incidences of finding themselves in a situation with a, a relationship, wanting to impress a boy, sending a photo, and we talk a lot about sending a photo in the work that I do, and just do not, because it's never private. It never turns out well. It never (laughs) turns out well. Um, But now sending a photo and I've, I've spoken with girls who have had that photo shared and have had to experience um, that break of trust and then just what it feels like to be labeled in such a way and shamed. So do you think it's, I mean, we've been talking about Anti-bullying campaigns have been going on for a long time. I mean, in ten, at least 10 years, we've been talking about anti-bullying campaigns. Is it getting any better in schools? 
I think it's an ongoing effort. And to be honest with you, I don't know if it's going to be something that's an overnight go away. And uh, we're going to keep we're going to need to keep reminding and we're going to need to keep sharing. And I think really who we're trying to speak to here are the bystanders. And that's really what we were trying to do with this mm-hmm. Fashionably Kind campaign, because it's like sometimes, you know, you wind up feeling like a victim in certain situations. And sometimes maybe even people make comments and they don't realize in the moment that they're putting somebody down. Or sometimes you find groups that are targeting individuals and it's more of a long term thing. But bystanders, they say that in about 90 percent of bullying scenarios, there is somebody else present that witnesses it. And that to me is the power right there because when it's not happening to you and you're a little bit detached it gives you an opportunity to step forward and let that person know that they're not alone right so the, so that you cannot be an innocent bystander as it, as it was but but it's hard for people to stand up and so how are you helping get that message across to youth. It's very difficult to have that courage. And that's really what it is, is courage. So I think what we try and teach is that that one moment of being cool could also mean for that person on the victim's end, um, a potentially life-changing moment that will prevent them from being in a state where they feel like they're completely alone and nobody cares about them. Mm-hmm. We try and make the, make the youth recognize that those small, seemingly small scenarios are actually extremely powerful moments um, and getting them to recognize that there's so many negative consequences that happen. And at the end of the day, it's never worth sacrificing somebody else's well-being and life um, in order to try and get to the top of some sort of social chain. Um, and actually being kind is what's going to take you far in life. And that's going to make you a person who actually makes an impact on the world. So what do you think we can do to all be a little nicer to each other? (laughs) Hey, we all have days, right? (laughs) If you have siblings, you know what I'm talking about. Um, And I I joke with with the youth that I work with too, because I think it's important to be real. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is 100% kind at all times. I think it's about being reflective and um, always thinking, you know, what could I do better? How could I treat people better? And I think it's just the simple things. Look around you in your circle, your sphere of influence. We all have one. And what are some ways that I can make the people's lives around me a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now you, 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 your last girl talk empowerment day, you talked about spreading girl love, right? What's what is that still the focus? What's coming up yes. for you? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of have uh, about six different themes that we really focus on self esteem, body image, uh, leadership, mental health, volunteerism, and being a global citizen. And we try and find talent from all over and come together to, uh, to make that event happen. We bring in last year, we had Rebecca Black, you know, the mm-hmm. YouTube star who had an amazing video that went viral, but also had one of the most disliked videos on YouTube and got a lot of hate for what mm-hmm. she put out. Um, so each year we're just trying to get a new roster of people, have a dream of Alessia Cara, hopefully headlining uh, one of our future events and uh, continuing to reach girls in a really relatable big sister kind of way. So how do people reach you? How do they get in touch with you and find out what what's up? GirlTalkEmpowerment.com. We got lots going on. We even have a summer retreat coming up uh, throughout July and we have a newsletter. So we're constantly trying to be on the pulse of all things girl empowerment related and sending out different activities and events and stats. So GirlTalkEmpowerment.com is where you can sign up for that. And the summer retreat is for aimed at what age group, what kind of? 11 to 16, we tend to target, and it's a one-night, two-day experience at a Hilton in Ajax, and uh, it's got everything from fitness at the Lifetime, we partner with the Lifetime Gym beside, to leadership workshops, to a self-love spa night, so it's a lot of fun. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me.
Well, we're going to take a short break. This is What She Said. And if you missed any part of this interview, you can go to whatshesaidtalk.com and do subscribe to our Apple podcast. We'll be right back here on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Any time or place. Any time or place. Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Christine Bentley. Now, what you're listening to is the brand new single by Toronto R&B artist Junior. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For people who may not know, tell us how you got started. Um, I got started when I was about, I would say about 12. That's when I started songwriting. Um, I wanted to be a rapper at first. That was what the people were doing in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But I would say like in my early 20s, is when I decided to get into the R&B lane of things. What is your neighborhood? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood, um, Victoria Park and Finch area mm-hmm. of Scarborough, a neighborhood called Chester Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little a rougher neighborhood, so I kind of wanted to, I guess, fit in with the what uh, the vibe was around there and, and rap, but R&B was my true calling. Absolutely. Now, yeah. the new song was produced by Eight Bars. Eight what, Bars, yeah. So what's the inspiration behind it? Um, it's basically... I feel like it's kind of like a 90s, early 90s type of feel record with a hint of a new school vibe to it. Um, kind of wanted to create something along that line, reminiscent of the of the 90s feel of music, but with the up-tempo yeah, new Everything school. old is yeah, new again. Exactly. Well, you have uh, 256,000 streams on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, and we yeah. hear a new EP is on the way. Yes, it is. Yes, and it is. And what new can you EP, tell us about that? New EP called Transition. It should be coming out sometime this month. Um, March. We don't really have a specific date for it yet, but mm-hmm. I would say late, late this month. Right. Yeah. Right. How can six to con- seven songs? Yeah. Not too long. Yeah. How can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media. All my social media is the same. It's from Junior, so that's F R O M J N Y R. From Junior. From Junior. Yeah. Ooh. That's Instagram, social media, uh, Twitter, all, all the above. So, where are you going from here for the next twenty years? Uh. Just more success, continuing as a songwriter, continuing as an artist. Um, What's your dream? I'd love to win a Grammy, more than one Grammy, multiple Grammys, um, just awards, and just uh, just give back to the community that I come from and uh, 
to the people of Toronto and um, just be an example for people that you can make it no matter what roadblocks are put in front of you. Do you go out and speak to kids and tell them about it? Uh, I actually did a volunteer thing a few weeks ago. Um, my mom was big on volunteering. She always wanted to just give back. So she kind of instilled that into me from when I was a kid. Um, so I did a little volunteer thing a couple weeks ago. And I want to continue to do more. Um, I just, I like, I like giving back when I can. Absolutely. Well, good for you. And Thank good you. luck. Thank well, you. thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. That is it for What She Said. We will be back next Saturday and Sunday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. You can find us on social media at What She Said Talk. But singing us out now, here's Junior performing No Matter Where. Any time or place Any time or place Life's still young, your head down, let me take you out Anywhere you wanna go, know that I'm proud We can do whatever, girl, perfect harmony Because you're here with me I don't wanna go another day without you by my side forever Maybe we can tour the world coast to coast I'm ready for you Any time or place I'll spark the pace With your embrace Love was the case Any time or place No matter where Don't have a fear Long as you have Any time or place you're the perfect match No one else compares Loving how you move And everything you wear Side by side we ride Rock the night away And do it all again I don't wanna go another day Without you by my side forever we can tour the world from coast to coast I'm ready for you No, 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 no hey. We embrace Love was the case Any time or place No matter where Don't have a fear Long as you have Any time or place
I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.